Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. Okay, Jen, let's do this thing. And I am here. Yay, it's Jen. With a story about murder. Ooh. I know that's shocking. Okay, so I um, downloaded this app called Pluto on the PlayStation downstairs. Sounds like a dating app. Yeah, no. It's one of those ones. So so it has like different TV stations and the TV station plays the same, almost always the same show. So there's one station that's Court TV. There's one station that's all forensic files. There's one station that's all RuPaul's Drag Race. You know, there's one station that's all Cops episodes. And I'm one of those people that I let the TV play all day while I'm cleaning the house. And I look up at one point and it said, the PlayStation's going to turn off if I don't do something. And I said something to my husband and he's like, yeah, the remote's been, you know, the remote turns itself off if you're not using it. And you've been watching the same thing for so long that the PlayStation thinks you're not there anymore and it's trying to shut itself off. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, no, I'm here. I'm sorry. I've just been wandering the house and I like the TV to play while I'm in the house. (laughs) Right. My um, Netflix does that. Yeah. Well, the Netflix would be like, are you still watching? But the PlayStation is like, I'm going to turn off. <laughs> oh, mine says, are you still watching? And then just immediately shuts off. I mean, you only got a few seconds. Oh, see, the PlayStation's like, you have 10 minutes and then we're going into power save mode. And I'm like, what is this? And Mike's like, you have the remote's been um, powered down for so long. The PlayStation thinks you're not there. I was like, dang. <laughs> I'm going to take you into my, everyone into my kitchen because I need a cup of coffee. I get that. I get that. It's almost time for me to make your brother a cup of coffee. So I have my, um, my story that I was like, I heard that (laughs) my story is, uh, Terry told me, and I was like, good idea, Terry. I should probably look into the different strokes actors lives. Oh yes. Actors and how they, Yes. What about you? I have the murder of, I'm not in front of it, but it's April Millsap from Armada, Michigan. Nice. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go first because I'm making my, I'm making my coffee while I listen to you. This is real life right here in quarantine. I know. And you know what? I must say, Anchor's been doing a good job of allowing us to record while we're not together. Uh, but I cannot stand the hold music. Oh, it right. Makes, Some... It takes me into like, it makes me feel like from the movie Inside Out, you know, the guy that plays anger with the flames coming out of his head. Yeah. That's how I feel. Well, you, you know, sometimes I wait to hit the button for a hot second so you can listen to it a little bit longer. Um, I would rather not. <laughs> Don't worry. I do it out of complete love for you. It's teaching me resilience or something. Yeah. Right. All right. Go for it. Okay. Different strokes. Different strokes brought to you today by Wiki and Mental Floss. Are you ready? Did you say dental floss? No, mental floss with an M. Oh. <laughs> okay. I can hear your Keurig spitting your coffee out. Pa-pa. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all wish you had one. Uh, no, I've got a full pot of coffee downstairs. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, different, the, sh- the TV show Different Strokes 
aired with new episodes from 1978 until 1986. And the show starred Gary Coleman as Arnold and Todd Bridges as Willis, and they were two brothers. And their mother was employed by a rich white man named Philip Drummond, and he was played by Conrad Bain. When Arnold and Willis's mother died, they were adopted by Mr. Drummond, and the crux of the sitcom was two young black boys from Harlem were adopted and then raised in the world of upper crust New York white people, right? Mm-hmm. So Mr. Drummond already had a daughter named Kimberly, who was played by Dana Plato. And the first season and a half of the show started start Charlotte Ray as Mrs. Garrett, their housekeeper. And Charlotte would then create a spinoff with her Mrs. Garrett character on the TV show Facts of Life. And the storyline played that Mrs. Garrett became a house mother at Kimberly's school. So that's how Facts of Life came to be. Mrs. Garrett visits Kimberly at her school and decides to stay as a house mother. Boom, you have Facts of Life. All right. Yeah. I didn't never knew that. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I don't recall that. And I was around at the time watching TV. (laughs) So the show was a comedic hit. And it also became known for its, quote, very special episodes, end quote. And these episodes addressed hard-hitting topics like racism, kidnapping, rape, drug use that includes two episodes involving alcohol, and child molestation. The show had Nancy Reagan on as a guest urging kids to, quote, just say no to drugs, end quote. And I actually remember that episode. That's how old I am. (laughs) So the child actors in different strokes all struggled when the show ended. Conrad Bain, who played Mr. Drummond, acted for two seasons on a show called Mr. President after Different Strokes was canceled. And after Mr. President was canceled, Conrad only appeared as an actor uh, in TV guest roles twice, once in The Adventures of Black Stallion and once as his final appearance as Mr. Drummond on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in 1996. Mr. Drummond and Arnold came to look at the Banks' house during the series finale of Fresh Prince acting as prospective buyers. And it was the last um, episode of Fresh Prince and the last time the guys played from different strokes. And I thought, I didn't, I remembered that, but I didn't realize what a big deal it was. I remember watching the last episodes of Fresh Prince and seeing Mr. Drummond and Arnold on there, but not realizing what a big deal it was. Yeah. I remember that episode. Yeah. Dana Plato, she played Kimberly Drummond and she was the daughter of Philip Drummond. And like the other actors, she had some acting success before different strokes, but she really began to struggle afterwards. Dana was written off of the show after becoming pregnant in real life, deliberately. So four years after leaving the show, she divorced her husband and her mom passed away. And two years after that, Dana lost custody of her son and an attorney left with all her money shortly after that. So it was just like one hard hitting thing after another. Right. That's shitty. Oh, yeah. That's just terrible. Dana's career trajectory led to her last roles being considered either erotic or soft porn. Dana talked about growing up in an artificial bubble and being unprepared for the reality of adult life. And in February of 1991, Dana robbed a video store and she was immediately recognized and arrested. And you could hear the guy in the 911 tape. He's like, oh, yeah, my store was just robbed. Yeah. By the girl from different strokes. (laughs) (laughs) You can't be a robber and famous. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) Or you got to like cover your face or something. So she struggled with drug abuse and unemployment. May 7th of 1999, she appeared on the Howard Stern show, claiming to be sober for 10 years. And that night she took two powerful pain pills 
and a muscle relaxer, and then she died as a result of it. And at first, her death was ruled as accidental overdose, but because of her past history with drugs, they actually changed it to suicide. And Dana's son committed suicide with a gun in 2010, and he struggled with drug abuse. So I was just like, that's the saddest shit ever, you know? Yeah. So Gary Coleman, who played Arnold, was born in Illinois, and due to kidney disease, as an adult, Gary never grew taller than four foot eight, allowing him to spend years playing a minor. So he got to play a kid for a long time. In real life, Gary was adopted by his parents, a forklift operator and a nurse, respectively. On the show, his character became known for the catch- catchphrase, what you talking about, Willis? Yep. Yep. And at the height of the show, he was making $70,000 an episode, being the highest paid comedic actor at that time. And as a result, Gary had to sue his parents as an adult, not as an adult, not as an adult. (laughs) He had to sue his parents and managers because they misappropriated his funds. And when I say that, I mean, they stole from him. And in the end, he was only about able to recover about a million dollars from his parents. I think that was normal back then. Oh, no. Okay. So actually, there was this kid that acted in the um, R gang, you know, like the little rascals. And his parents, literally every dime that kid made when he became an adult, there was zero money. And his parents said, you know, we were under no obligation to give you that money. And that that's what changed the labor laws for children. Believe it or not. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So although Gary was able to find more acting roles after the show ended, those eventually dried up as he grew older. So he was in the news a few times for altercations he had with people while he worked as a security guard. And when Gary was um, almost 40 years old, he married Shannon Price, who was 22 years old at the time. They appeared on an episode of Divorce Court, and later they did divorce. Shannon continued to live with Gary on and off until his death in 2010. And Gary was having health issues, and he had fallen down the stairs, hitting his head, and later he did succumb to his injuries. Shannon, his ex-wife, elected to take Gary off of life support. And she was also listed as having... because she was still listed as having patient rights with Gary at the hospital. But when she tried to take control of Gary's estate, she was prevented. A judge agreed that the two of them were living together and they did pose as a couple after they were divorced. But Shannon was continued to having, continuing to have sexual relations with other men at that time. And there was no way that she showed affectionate with Gary. Like all their friends came and like they, she was not affectionate at all. She basically just lived there and was having sex with other guys. The judge declared their relationship did not meet the standards that Utah had set for common law marriage, and she was denied access to all of Gary's money. Todd Bridges played Willis, the biological older brother of Arnold, and Todd had his own issues, but he managed to turn his life around, and after the show, Todd had a crack and meth addiction, and he became a drug dealer, and he was found by police to be in felony possession, carrying a concealed firearm, and he was charged with felonious assault. While on trial for attempted murder, he was represented by Johnny Cochran, who would later work for O.J. Simpson at his murder trial. Mm -hmm. I know, I'm like, Johnny Cochran got around. Um, Right. Yep. Todd was found not guilty of those charges, but he was found guilty of more drug-related charges later. So Todd was able to come clean in 1993, his sobriety led to acting and TV jobs again, and Todd's work has been consistent since then, including a successful memoir that he wrote in 2008. He is the only main child actor from the show who is still alive. And I was like, oh, oh. So I have a couple of fun facts for you. Okay. 
Okay, so Arnold had a bully named the Gooch. And the Gooch was mentioned sporadically through all seven seasons. And Arnold often described the Gooch as a stupid troublemaker. And in season seven, the the Gooch got his ass handed to him by Arnold's neighbor and enemy, Carmela. And the Gooch, as an actor, was actually never seen on screen. You only heard about the the Gooch. You never saw, you know, who he was. Right? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Conrad Bain, who played Mr. Drummond, had a twin brother who also acted, and his name was Bonner Bain. All right. I know. I was like, Bonner Bain. That sounds like, I don't know, like a drug or something you shout right before you jump out of a plane. Right. So Alan Thicke, who played the dad, Jason Seaver, on the TV show Growing Pains, mm-hmm. co-wrote and um, sang the theme song for Different Strokes. That's also, crazy. Yeah. He also wrote the um, theme song for the spinoff Facts of Life. And I was just like, what? <laughs> right? I never knew that. So Todd Bridges, who played Willis, acted in a docudrama that covered the um, actors' lives from different strokes. And he played a drug dealer. And he sold the drugs to the actor that played him. And his sister, Verda, acted as their mother, played their mother in the, um, the docudrama. Hmm. Yeah, and that's what happened to the people from different strokes. Wow, it's crazy where these child actors end up. I know. You want to tell me about murder? Because I, I, I had one suicide for you, but no murder. Right. So the murder of April Millsap of Armada, Michigan. Oh. This happened July 24th, 2014. There was a call received when someone found a dead body on the mountain bike trail in Armada. Wow. April's body was found there about a mile from her home. She had died from blunt force trauma and asphyxiation from her killer actually stepping on her throat. So, you know what, for some reason, you know, it kind of uh, stings a little that she was so close to home. Right. You know what I mean? She's only a mile away from home. Yep. you know bad things happen in like a two mile radius from your home yeah well one time mike and i were talking about they say you know most car accidents happen within a three mile radius of your home but i was like no matter where you go you always start at your home so the one place you're most commonly by is your home Mm -hmm. and i was like of course by your house because that's the one place you most commonly are yeah that is true I remember G.I. Joe telling me that because you remember when G.I. Joe would tell you facts and then they would say, and now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes, I do. That was one of their facts. (laughs) I remember watching that before school one morning. That's great. All right. Tell me about So, April. April, I meant. So, she, she was undressed and it looked like the person had tried to rape her. April had interrupted or. Yeah, I I think that he tried and then got out of there quick. Because maybe somebody was coming up the trail or something? Yeah, he had a lot of mountain bikers and walkers. Okay. So April had left home to walk her dog. During the walk, April had actually texted her boyfriend saying she thought she had almost been kidnapped. Later, Later on, her mother started to worry and texted her daughter and received no answer. She started calling April's friends and talked to April's boyfriend who had received the text, 
But it was about an hour after she sent it. April's mom then called the police to report her daughter okay, missing. First, after at first I found the boyfriend suspect that he didn't call back right away, but I realized he's only like 16, right? Yeah, yeah, he's young. I was like, he probably doesn't. Like my daughter will call me and be like, Mom, legit, I'm dying. And, you know, she's not legit dying. <laughs> yeah, or or they're just a person like you are, that you're not always by your phone. I could text you that I almost got True. kidnapped. And, and an hour or so later. And it's a 50-50 yeah. chance that you're by so, your phone. Or less of a chance. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, more like yeah. 70. And so... Yeah, right. <laughs> so after after her mother had described the clothes she was wearing, police were able to confirm that the body they had found was April's. Oh wow. The the police did rule out the boyfriend and April's family as suspects. It was found that April had a fitness tracker on her phone. When police received the information, that was on the phone, police were actually able to see that struggle that occurred. They could see that she had texted her boyfriend. And then after that text, she had actually been walking at a faster pace than she that, was like, prior. That kind of like scares me and is fascinating that you could see her, like her heart beat goes up and, you know, she starts to walk faster or whatever. Yep. And then her steps increase. Oh, yeah. Then you can see where a struggle occurred. And the police believe that this person actually came up behind her and attacked her. Oh, man. So she didn't see it coming. The police could also see that after the struggle, the phone left the scene at a fast pace. So they believed that it was being carried by the person. So the person that killed her grabbed and, her phone and took off with it? Oh yeah. And that they had um, determined that the blunt force trauma was from a motorcycle helmet. So they felt like the person took her phone, got on a motorcycle. So and they think off. she's walking. She thought she's almost kidnapped. She starts to hustle. Someone comes up behind her, possibly on the motorcycle. Possibly not, but hits her with the helmet. And when she's on the ground, they kill her when they step on her neck. Oh yeah. Okay. So they so they followed the phone's data, and it came pretty close to the Van Callis home. So just outside that home, they found the motorcycle and the okay. phone. Van Callis Jr. had a prior arrest for drugs possession and breaking and entering, and Van Callis Sr. was actually a registered sex offender for having sex with children under the age of eight of 13. Oh my God. So it was determined that April had been hit by a motorcycle helmet, like I yeah. said before. Van Callis Jr. owned a motorcycle and was the police's prime suspect. Okay. They conducted two searches of the home. They had already found April's phone, but they couldn't find the shoes to match the bruise print on April's neck. So they neck. couldn't find the shoes Jane, that would match the bruise on her neck? Okay. Yep. So James Van Callis Jr. was charged with murder, even though there wasn't any physical evidence that he had done wow. the crime. 
James' girlfriend stated she saw him cleaning his motorcycle helmet the night after the murder and a video of James on his phone that he recorded showed him wearing shoes similar to the ones that left the evidence, you know, the footprint on April's neck. You could see he's wearing Adidas and there was like an Adidas footprint on her neck. Okay. Okay. Yeah. James Callis was found guilty in 2016 and sentenced to life without parole. During sentencing, James stated he was innocent and he claimed he was being framed. In January of 2018, no, that just he was being framed. And in January of 2018, his appeal was denied, even though he was convicted with circumstantial evidence. Three judges reviewed the case and kept the findings. Wow. That you can be charged without any physical evidence. Wow, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, if he really killed her, I'm glad they got her. But if someone's ever looking at me toward murder, I hope they have a stronger case than that. You know? Yeah. Well, he he was adamant somebody was framing him. I wonder who he thought, though. Like who? I have no idea. I don't know either. That's crazy. But there was there was some after I had watched and read about this. There was some statement that he had said to police that I thought was crazy. Like I think it was during one of the searches. The kid says, "I learned ever you know everything I know I learned from my Ooh. father." And then his father said, agreed to that statement. And so it's like, okay, so your father's a a child molester. Yeah. You know, a rapist. And so is that what you're saying? That's what you are? You learned it from him? Wow. I don't know. Yeah. Well, plus I wonder what kind of a childhood did he have growing up with a child rapist as a father? You know what I mean? Right. Well, damn. Sorry to hit that on a hard note. Oh, so today to occupy myself, I've been putting together a puzzle. Oh. I still just work every day. I don't know what that's like. (laughs) I mean, I... Not currently. (laughs) Sometimes I wish I could have my feet up and do nothing. Um, It's not as as awesome as you'd think it would be. I don't under, I I always ask Mike, like, how do you think, how do you rate me as a housewife? And I don't know if I'm doing that well. (laughs) (laughs) But you do bring him coffee. I do bring him coffee and I usually do provide lunch when he's working from home. See? (laughs) Are you in a, are you in fancy clothes and pearls? No. Like leave it to Sweats beaver and t-shirts every day. Sweats and t-shirts. That's how I roll. I haven't had a bra cool. on since I came home from work. <laughs> I think maybe you got to step it up. Like leave it to beaver's maybe mom. My hair one day and then provide him a meal. <laughs> yeah. I'll think about it. <laughs> All right, Jen. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Contact us at anchor or Michigan other mayhem at gmail.com or on Facebook to join the conversation, listen to the podcast or correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Bye-bye now. Hello. Hello, Jen. 
What's going on? Nothing. You know what someone mentioned recently that I've been forgetting? What? The cute fake podcast music. Da, 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 da. Right. And and just to throw it out that for everyone that we were lazy this season and decided to do our intro and our ending separately so they're automatic, yeah, it would kind of be better words for season two but we should start doing that because you know that was one of my favorite parts kind of only because you didn't really like it <laughs> and I get on that kind of shit because that's what kind of person I am it happens man it, it just happens sometimes so let me see Easter Sunday was the first time I've left my house in weeks and that was because my mom was sewing some cloth masks and I was like I better get one because the other day I went to 7-Eleven and as I'm standing at the counter, nobody would come in the store because I don't have a mask on. And I'm at the re- the um, the uh, register right by the door. So nobody wanted to come in the building because I'm not six feet away from the door and I have no mask on. Oh, I yeah. just stood there longer. Oh, hell no. I'm not like that in any way. I was like, oh, shit, everyone. I'm so sorry to everybody standing outside the store in this moment. I will go get a mask. <laughs> even with the mat, even with the mask, they can't come in because that's not six feet. Yeah, well, I think they would have at least felt better seeing that I had my face covered. Probably. So just like, oh, so what have you been doing? Um, I been cleaning my basement. Nice. Throwing stuff out, reorganizing. I was cleaning my basement. One of the big dog kennels fell on my wrist. So that swelled up last night. That was interesting. But I kept, I kept working. I didn't let that get me down. Dang. I cleaned my basement, but I did like an hour a day for nine days. <laughs> right. Well, I didn't say this shit was done now. Oh, okay. Okay. It's actually it's actually officially a bigger mess than when I started. But the one corner looks really good, and that's all that matters. That's how it nope. started at my house too. Like one corner was looking super fly and the rest looked like garbage, but that's because you got to start somewhere and you got to like make a mess to clean a mess, you know? Well, yeah, and it's not like anyone like comes over here or even goes into the basement, so I don't know. I just said that I was going to do it three years ago, and I thought, now's the time. You know what? Sometimes you just need a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I figured, why not just start scraping away at it? It's really a winter job, I decided. But the weather is like winter, so. It is. Other than that, um, I started school again, so that's interesting. Oh, yeah. You go online anyway, right? Yeah, I'm on online school, but it's the whole fact that now I have to do something. Oh, yeah, I hear you. At least you have something to do. I found that not having anything to do does feel a little bit like punishment, I must say. Well, you know, if you need to, you know, want to read some of my school stuff and, you know, write some discussions, I'll I'll be happy to send you my username and login. Yeah, uh, well, as an, as someone who always graduated with honors, that would actually be my jam. 
See, look at that. So one of the few things I can do is take a class really well. When you get <laughs> there, you go. So when yeah. you get desperate, you can uh, jump on and do a week. Sure, I could do that. Oh my gosh, guess what gem I found? So I told you I've been watching that Pluto app lately. Mm -hmm. Do you know there's a thing called Redneck Island? No, I've never heard of it. I got your brother roped into watching it. In season one, you wrote somebody's name on a beer koozie and put it inside a cooler to vote him off. Oh, shit, that's funny. Yeah. So we watched a little bit of the end of the first season and some of the second season. I was like, okay, guess the um, announcer is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then in the second season, I was like, that chick, because then all of a sudden there was like a female one too. I was like, she looks familiar. It was a girl that used to be, and I don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, but she used to be on The Bachelor and then was The Bachelorette. Yeah, I never watched any of that shit. Okay, yeah. I guess kept saying to Mike, uh, she looks familiar. I just probably saw her on the front of a magazine or something. Yeah, maybe. I have yeah. to take you guys into my kitchen because... I am cooking and I have to cut up potatoes so you guys can cut potatoes with me. Right. I did um, read this article in the New York Times today from a long time ago, but it was saying, talking about, you know, what's your chance of being murdered? Okay. And, you know, my chances are now higher because I have a boyfriend. So, yes, it is. Um, and it said that in this, no, Keep in mind, these numbers are from the 80s. Okay. That it was one in 133 chance of being murdered. Wow. In the U.S. or all together? In America. Okay. And the study also found about six, mil, out of six million, approximately 3% of those over 12 would be a victim of either robbery, rape, or assault each year, and for the murder rates over a lifetime, black men had a 1 in 21 chance of being murdered. White men had 1 in 131 chance. Dang. Black women had 1 in 369 chance, and white women had 1 in 104 chance. Yeah, we get killed by serial killers more often. White girls do. It's usually because serial killers usually kill within their own race, although there are exceptions. And most serial killer are white, killers are white men. Yeah, I guess so, when you get to thinking about it, right? Yeah. What are you okay. cooking for Easter? No, we just had, um, we just warmed up some food. Nothing oh. big. Just had leftovers. Wow, see, too bad you can't get out because I'm making fried potatoes. Well, I call them, I call them French fries, but people tell me that they're like roasted potatoes. Okay. And then I'm cooking rib, beef ribs, prime rib, salad, green beans. Dang. And I made a chocolate pie. Ooh. And then you're going to ask Jen. Who's eaten? No one but me. <laughs> no one but me. Right. I plan. I probably take a a plate to, over to my boyfriend's. But other than that, that's it, people. Jen just cooking for herself. Right. 
I'm going to pretend people are here, though, so it don't make me feel as fat. <laughs> well, what Mike and I have been doing, we found a lot of instant oatmeal packages. So we Googled how to make cookies out of instant oatmeal, and we've been just messing around with the recipes. Oh, I love no-bake oatmeal cookies. Uh, no, we're baking them, but they're from instant oatmeal. Yeah, well, you need to look up no-bake. And he knows how to do them because our mother used to make them all the time. That's true. Well, the funny thing is we hardly have any ingredients, so we ended up going with, like, three ingredients. Instant oatmeal, butter, and a little bit of flour. For one instant oatmeal package, put in one tablespoon of melted butter and one tablespoon of flour, and you will have a medium-sized delicious cookie. Do you even need... Do you even actually need to put flour in it? Okay, when we didn't put flour in it, it didn't hold together as well. Oh. So we've tried three different ways so far. Look at this. You can start your own goddamn cookbook. Oh, hell no, dude. I don't like cooking. Yeah, we're, but you get, you're doing, getting good at it. Oh, no, we're just experimenting for stuff to do. You know what I mean? We went through... Um, all the Resident Evil movies, and tonight we're going to watch the Predator movies. Oh, I watched this. Oh, everyone's got to, if you, if whoever has Prime out there, you got to watch, what well, heck, I don't know. Let me go to my TV and tell you. Mm. It's like the traditional loop or something. Uh-oh, you're cutting out. Oh. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. What were you saying? It's like the traditional loop or something. Okay. On, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. And right now, all I know is I watched the first episode. And this mom steals this piece of rock. In the middle of the night, that shit glows. It busts out the window. And then the girl gets up for school the next day, takes the trash down her long driveway, and goes to school, comes home, just dragging the trash can back, and her house isn't there. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. That sounds weird. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was pretty good. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, that's basically all I've been doing. That's all I've done. I've watched some TV and I've cleaned more house. I'm not, nothing interesting. I can't believe you haven't run out of things to clean yet. No, no. Things, uh, hey, the pets still shed fur. People are still making messes. Things got to get cleaned. I know. You know, I, I noticed is that I got to run my dishwasher a hell of a lot more and there's only two of us. Right? I run it every day at least. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, though. Like, I don't remember running my dishwasher this much. Right. But probably because before I'd fill that stuff up, it wouldn't run until it was full, and now I just run it. Right? <laughs> I just run that to run yeah. it. All right, Jen, I'm going to call you in a couple of days, and we will uh, update each other again on what we're doing, because I'm not doing much is the answer. Well... People listening out there, you can message us. Let us know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. You can message us directly on Anchor. It's really easy to get. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Because they might be doing something cooler than us. We need to do it. Oh, God. I want in on it. So let me know. <laughs> let me know. Right. I'll do anything. 
<laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.